displeases me. Oh, ja. Displeases me. This. Smart Home Technology. Technology. Alexa, please turn the heating up. I'm very cold. After that, please play. Digger Digger. Oh no, 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 no. I do not want this. Alexa, stop. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smartphones. Smartphones, stupid people. Smartphones, stupid people. Smartphones. Stupid people. Smartphones. Hello and welcome to another episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Eris Felmuth. I'm Madeline Siege. Madeline Siege. Madeline Siege. <laughs> <laughs> and today we are talking about consumption. Mm. And specifically, I named the, the, the title of this episode Religion of Consumption. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the first thing that came to your mind? when you heard religion of consumption, because we're not doing it, I think, in a way where people would often think, um, they, I think the way we're going to approach it's going to be a bit unique, is what I'm saying. What, what comes to your mind when you hear religion of consumption? Well, religion, the first word is like something strict and rules mm-hmm. and something that, yeah, is, yeah, very strict though. And consumption... Now you weren't raised religious, so it's funny for me it's to true. always kind That's of. That's why you. I don't have a <laughs> really an opinion about it because I don't really know what religious, you know, to be means. religious yeah. means. I know a lot of people uh, who weren't raised religious who kind of mix religion for spirituality, mm-hmm. and I would say that they have very little to do with one another. Mm-hmm. Religion is is more the cultural practice mm-hmm. of traditionally spirituality mm-hmm. but um to not pertain to a religion means to not be a part of a, a specific group right and it also means that um the traditions the the the, the culture behind it and at the mm-hmm. same time the the um ceremony mm-hmm. all that stuff you know that is all a part of the religion and uh the spirituality side of thing you know even uh it for me, I I went to that uh, Catholic school my whole life, mm. and uh, when I was younger, I was an altar server, and on top of that, I uh, you know Sunday school, right? So it never stopped right right there. So I had to study the Bible in school and mm. at church, and you know, um, I have a very interesting view I think on religion growing up in a very multicultural area, and I specifically being raised in a in a Catholic environment. I um, I went to church in a... My mother didn't consider herself to be Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. right? Um, she considered herself to be Christian, mm-hmm. right? And when you go to Catholic school, it's Roman Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was really funny because sometimes I would kind of get... I would get the Catholic side of things, the Roman mm-hmm. Catholic side... And uh, my mother being raised by uh, Scottish and Ukrainian traditions, it was more the Protestant uh, mm-hmm. concept, which is closer to uh, mm-hmm. what you guys call Anglican and Lutheran and all that stuff mm-hmm. over here. And um, it's, it's uh, it, for, for me, 
the church I went to was actually um, French and I had another church that we went to uh, that was the one closest to home was Maltese. And so I was actually raised as an altar server in the Maltese Catholic Church, mm -hmm. which is a very different world to that too. Yeah. And the reason why I say this is because the big thing I kind of wanted to kick the episode off with <clears throat> was what does it feel like to be a part of a religion? And what does it feel like to, to have these ideas mm -hmm. that aren't yours, mm -hmm. that you're brought up with at a very young age and being told that it's uh, paramount, it's the most important thing in your life, right? These ideas that you have to conform to. And it's uh, it was to me very difficult, right? It was very difficult to, qu to question them. Obviously, the discipline of the church itself for me was was quite scary, right? Going up against the church or going up against the, the, the school or the teachers at school or anything like that was actually for me quite um, traumatic, right? To constantly have to have all these different authority figures over me and then on top of all of them, the authority figure of God, you know, uh, and, and the constant judgment. It's a, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing. But I think that the reason why I'm saying this is because to me, the idea of judgment, this is now, it's difficult. It's difficult to let go of. Yeah. Right? When you, when you, um, when you, uh, Stop drinking. You know, you realize you're an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You go through the the the, the program, right? Um, and the, the steps. And when you decide to leave your religion or your religious idea, are you okay, Matt? You have something in your eye. I have something in my eye. And it's really bothering. <laughs> the more yeah, I, I try to get, get you a little. The, the more I try to get out of it, the deeper yeah, it gets. Not so going to be <laughs> conducive for sitting around and looking pretty on camera. There you go. <laughs> Take that off. Thank you. Um, I don't want to, you know, smear on my eye. <laughs> <laughs> so what I what I really wanted to talk about is now we live in a world um, where consumerism is just crazy. How are you doing with your eye? I think it's better. It looks better. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the judgment of religion is now becoming the judgment. So before we used to, for me, when I was younger, you know, like I said, I eventually left the religion mm -hmm. uh, a long time ago. I found that the religion was destructive for spirituality mm -hmm. and for the soul. And this was the reason why I gave that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of that judgment of God, the judgment of the church, the judgment of my of 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 the priests, the judgment of my of the nuns, the judgment mm -hmm. of the the teachers, the judgment of my parents, this constant judgment. Mm -hmm. And it was it, like I said, it was um very destructive for the self, you know. And I I, I found that there's no way that, to me, that belongs in a healthy world. Yeah, yeah. And so I left it behind. But now we live in a world where this is the essence of this 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 episode, mm -hmm. where consumerism is judgment, the mm -hmm. judgment of consumerism. Mm -hmm. That's why I say the religion of consumption. Okay. Because today we live in a world of greenwashing. Mm. Today we live in a world where if 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 you go and buy something, you know. It, it, there, there's going to be a logo somewhere that tells you how ethical it is, mm. what it is that you are buying, mm -hmm. right? And and so now this constant idea of judgment from above within consumption is the same philosophy behind mm -hmm. religion. And I see a lot of people who, who, much like yourself, come from a family without religion mm -hmm. and they gravitate towards consumerism 
religiously. They make their own religion. Mm. And I think from my experience that traditionally, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit better uh, about this when it comes to us as biological entities. We come from we come from the forest, you know, we come from the wild. Mm -hmm. We come from, in some cases, the desert and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, us as European people, we come from the forest. We grew up traditionally over the last millennia, a couple millennia, yeah. uh, 10, 000, uh, 12, since the last ice age, really. We grew up um, in close proximity to one another and in, in little units like mm -hmm. tribes, we called mm -hmm. them, right? And the the idea of of wanting to be a part of a unity of a group and at the same time even a religion you know the pagan mm -hmm. religions that we used to have i don't like the word paganism too much but it's like i, I would actually say the human religions that we used to have because i find the abrahamic religions to be as you guys probably saw in the picture um to be uh, an extension of imperialism Right, I don't find them to have anything really to do with the human soul, mm -hmm. right? Um, and you guys probably also noticed on the cover picture, I also decided to put the hammer and sickle in there because I personally feel, and this is not something I'm going to go into this episode, I'd love to actually do an episode about this, that uh, socialism is an mm -hmm. extension of Abrahamism, right? It's the fourth branch of Abrahamism. And so we know the Judeo-Christian um, Muslim idea of uh, Abrahamism. And I say that that socialism is just the next step. Okay. And the, now what I'm saying is the next step after that is consumerism in the way that we're starting to experience it today. This is the fifth branch of Abrahamism that's coming out. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's crazy because I see it very nihilistic, much like socialism was very nihilistic in its uh, in the way that it was presented to the population. And now I'm seeing consumerism to take that. And go further with it. So, what would you? So, what do you have to say? I know it's it's a, <laughs> this is a, this is going to be a bit of a, a. I don't want us to use the word bleak. What is bleak? Bleak. Bleak is a bit darker. Oh, okay. You know, a bit uh, traurig. Right, a little bit bleak. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, this episode's a, a wee bit bleak. Okay. And um, so I, now, now I want to I, I want to and have you interject and say as a biologist. Mm. How do you feel about that? You know, how do you feel about the idea that we as biological entities, what do we want? You made it, you just wrote a book about stress. Yeah. Like a nice big book. And so now you're the stress expert. <laughs> Not just the bunnies anymore, but uh, no. you've, you've extended that into the human population now too, quite mm -hmm. a bit. And into you, uh, you know, yourself and getting over your own stresses in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we all have a journey, mm. right? And it's all, it's always up to us as to how we approach that journey yeah, or acknowledge it whatsoever, right? And um, so for you as a biologist, how would how would you say uh, this fits into, to, uh, that biology fits into this? Because we talked about the last episode was, um, what did we call the last episode? Um, Something Emotional support, <laughs> right? And yeah. I'm seeing that commercialism much like socialism and much like the Abrahamistic fates, these are, are extremely emotional purchases, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and as, as we've heard in the very first episode of Smart Home Stupid People, I believe it was, or the second one with, uh, with Marcus McDonald, mm. he had mentioned that all form of consumption yeah. is an emotional decision. Yeah. And that, that's becoming more and more accepted now. Mm. 
So please tell me, tell tell everybody out here, <laughs> how, how, how do you as a world-class biologist feel <laughs> about us humans entering into this new religion? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Put, don't don't let me put you on the spot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have to say, you know, like, as you said, I'm not grown up religious in a religious context. So a lot of these right. concepts are not really familiar to me also, you know, the words that you use, like nihilism and all that. Um, I'm not really familiar to that. But what I can say is... <laughs> well, I know that you know the words, but I don't yeah. know. I know that you probably don't understand the feeling and the and the, mm -hmm. the connection of, of these words to mm -hmm. how deep for mm -hmm. us. Like, I remember being religious. I remember the deep connection and the fear. Yeah. And, 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 and like... Like we were talking about before, the levels mm -hmm. of absurdity. That's why I created levels of absurdity, mm -hmm. was because I realized that that had to change. Yeah, I, I realized that my bottom level of yeah, yeah. what could be absurd had to be altered mm -hmm. in order for me to find a new way to exist. Yeah, well, as you said, you know, with with fear, there's a big thing, and that's what we, you know, where we can start from a biological point of view. Like fear is a very primitive emotion it's not really like emotion it's more like a feeling and it's it's sometimes hard to say because well, where does fear come from in the body yeah just let me first um, try to define what is actually an emotion and what is a feeling because many people are just you know mix that mm -hmm. up and it's not the same so a, f a feeling like is is fear you know for example or rage or sadness and emotion some people say it's the same, you know, they say, yeah, this, there's no big difference between emotion and feeling, but some people see it more, more complex. They say an emotion is a feeling and also more, like actually some kind of like five levels. You know, for example, you go on this down the street and there's like a dog approaching you without leash. So he's just running to you and you feel fear because you remember the situation when you were a child right. that, you know, a dog kind of attacked you and, and kind of put you down. So you feel the feeling and you also remember that situation. And then you might start changing the pathway, go to the other side, you're avoiding it. And you also start, you know, like do something with your hands and you also feel your physical reaction where you are sweating and, um, you know, your heart rate uh, increases. Yeah. So this all is actually part of an emotion, not only the feeling of fear, but also the physical reaction, the mental, uh, you know, everything that happens in your brain, like the remember remembering that situation, also your get gestures of your body and also your behavior. So this is all one thing. And as as you ask me, you know, where does fear come from? So it's a very complex reaction that happens in our body. It starts in the brain where the brain gives the signal to the, um, I don't know, the is it the adrenals? I'm not so sure the, the English word of it. The adrenal glands? Yeah, Nebenniere. Ooh, I'll, like I'll, you have I'll look the at kidneys that. and on top of the kidneys are little, they called also like side kidneys in German, but okay. I think it's the, the adrenal gland. I'm, I think so. And so they are, st they start producing um, um, adrenaline and no adrenaline. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the same words in English, right? And so Let's they go out. directly into the blood. That's why I think they're adrenal glands. <laughs> that makes sense because they produce adrenaline and no adrenaline. And so that, that stuff goes right into your blood and makes your heart rate or increases your heart rate. Yeah, your, they say here, um, is, supra, uh, supra, 
renal or yeah, suprarenal gland or the adrenal gland. Yeah, so say. that's that's I have. So it is the adrenal gland. You're yeah, right. it's the adrenal gland, and so the, the the adrenal gland becomes active. It sends out the hormones to you know just prepares you for a flight or fight, which means like the you know the blood is flowing uh, through your body. Or freeze. <laughs> Freezes also be part of it, but it's um, it, that's a different <laughs> different situation. But you know, your your body just prepares yourself for that. You know, mm -hmm. it stops digesting. It it increases your heart rate. Also, your uh, your lungs are filled with more oxygen. Then it starts asking the liver for you know just like give give, give some of the energy into the bloodstream mm -hmm. that goes right into the brain, right into the um, muscles. So that you are prepared for the run or the fight, also the blood can coagulate uh, faster. So if there's like a wound that you're not bleeding to death, but just like, and also the immune system is kind of suppressed as well, that you don't have an immune reaction if you, if there's an infection or something. And so that's the first reaction. And then you have the second reaction if the danger is still there. Then the part of the brain, the so-called hypothalamus, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> gives another signal. To um, it sends out a hormone called um, yeah it doesn't matter how it calls like complicated <laughs> ACTH it's the abbreviation in in German and so that hormone goes all the way from the brain through the blood into the also the adrenals but this time it's not the it's it's a, a different part it's actually the the is that the not the core but the uh, Rinde um. the cortex right. Well, so the, it's just the, a different yeah. part of the okay. adrenal gland, and then um, glucocorticoids are sent the way. You might have heard about cortisol. I'm sure that's called the stress hormone <laughs> because it's uh, involved in that whole situation. And so, if there's still danger, you know the the noradrenaline adrenaline was already preparing everything, and then you have the cortisol that kind of prolongs. So it also helps to even provide more energy if you you know it's still need to fight. If you still need to flight then this whole alarm situation is prolonged. And if the hypothalamus says, oh, you know, danger is over, now everything can come back to normal and this is how it works. But as you said, if you are constantly in a situation where, we, where you remember something happened to you and you see everything as a threat, then you are constantly in fight or flight, mm -hmm. which means that you are not able to re reproduce, you are not able to repair your body because all the energy goes into the alarm situation all the time. And I would say many people, and I'm myself included, for many years I was constantly in that situation. But is it going down? It's just like I didn't move. <laughs> no, no, no. It's good just uh, for the podcast world to stick <laughs> yeah, a little yeah, closer yeah, yeah. to the mic. I, I, I'm constantly, you know, I have that in right in front of my face. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, so now that yeah. we know a lot about, um, so what is then in your mm -hmm. layman's term, what is an emotion? Yeah, so it's a combination of a physical and mental um, behavioral reaction to something that from the outside, like a mm -hmm. situation that right. you are in. So it's a really a combination of of a reaction within your body, and you might realize that too. You know, if if you have if you're afraid or if you're happy, it's not only that feeling, but there's coming more to it. You feel more life, mm -hmm. or you change your behavior. That's an emotion. That's an emotion. Well, I mean, when we typically think mm. of emotions we think of happy sad well again right? you know people say that's a feeling 
Right. Well, that, that's the yeah. idea. So now yeah, yeah. what is, I guess, you know, this is it's, the funny thing is that all, yeah. all these different forms of jargon makes it a bit difficult Absolutely. to try and convey all this. But I think yeah, that yeah. what I really wanted to now ask you is let's talk about consumerism. Let's talk about mm-hmm. what happens to our bodies, mm-hmm. right? When we're in contact with our group, <laughs> I know. I just had a little burp. Sorry. Uh, see, we can make something bleak a little bit funny. <laughs> Um, so let's let's talk about what what happens internally. What's going on with us when mm-hmm. this is happening? When we're in a group of people, mm-hmm. when we're in a society, mm-hmm. when we're you know um, even the act of touching people mm-hmm. release, mm-hmm. releases endorphins and energy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's and, like also the dopamine. I think you heard exactly. about it. it's like the happiness uh, hormone yeah. and all that stuff. And this is something yeah. that we've, we 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 know and we experience when we go when we have contact with people mm-hmm. and have positive reactions. Mm-hmm. It's 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 something very biologically fulfilling yeah and it's absolutely. very physical absolutely and this is a big reason why a lot of people when they when they when they're bored mm-hmm. uh or they want to go out and do something mm-hmm. it's like let's mix it with something physically stimulating to enheighten the moment whether mm-hmm. it be drugs you know whether yeah. it be going to mcdonald's right you have the yeah. colors you have the salts you have the fats yeah. you have this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. deep satisfaction and um i i I, I I know uh, like I, I've learned in my through through the work that I do with the building automation that a lot of the larger companies now, which is mm-hmm. why also in the main logo today there are the main companies that are now the top uh, ten um, trillionaire companies. Um, um, I, I guess in the world, I don't know if it's like the like I didn't see BlackRock on there, but uh, mm-hmm. Alphabet and uh, Apple and um, you know those guys, they're all mm-hmm. up there. And it's and it, I put that there to show that. These guys are the ones now pushing the new religion yeah, yeah. of consumption. And they spend Sorry. an obscene <laughs> amount of money on things that are practically unfathomable to regular people. Things like... On what? Um, like un- uncomprehensionable. Like, okay, let's try another <laughs> word. Uh, uh, not easily Sorry. understood. Uh, I understood that one. <laughs> I broke that down into simple English. Thank you. And if you guys didn't know, actually, in- Wikipedia now has English and simple English. Simple English is a new language. <laughs> I know, it's awful. I it- speak simple English. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a big thing because you have a lot of people, like uh, English is, the, I guess, the biggest second language on the, the most common second language on the planet, right? Yeah. And so you you have things like uh, the cars used to say, uh, caution, a seat reclines. Mm. Nowadays, it's like, be careful seat moves backwards right because <laughs> caution and recline is not something that immigrants typically okay. tend to well, yeah. second language english people understand so this is why we have simple english mm. um things like uh, who and whom uh, it's just it's always who when it's simple english mm. and most, I can most people don't too. understand whom anyway doesn't matter i'm i got sidetracked the uh yeah, yeah. Th- what i'm really getting at is that um things that are unfathomable mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. normal people uh, to a large company who has, uh, you know, a, a bigger structure and a much, a, a very different goal in mind, mm. they're spending money on like on making sure that their system is triggering biological stimulus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Now I know this because I know, um, you know, University of, of I think it was the TU, um, right? Technische Universität in mm-hmm. Berlin. Uh, they 
they what they did is like back in the day when all the the the, the home automation apps first came out, mm-hmm. they put like a, a half a dozen of them side by side, the industry standards, mm-hmm. and then they they did projects with people wearing um, special glasses that uh, detect mm-hmm. where the, the how, how yeah the eye movement yeah yeah and what they do is they see how efficient is the eye moving to finding what it's looking for mm-hmm. um, with brain waves. Is it happy? Is it stressful? Mm. Is it satisfying? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and with the Apple um, ringer, for example, the default ringing in the vibration is designed with the frequencies to stimulate um, adrenaline, like fight or flight, mm. right? It's, it's That's what it's designed for. And, and so if you guys have ever had that, pay attention to that. The next time your phone rings, do you get kind of almost a little bit angry or scared every time it goes off? Yeah. I actually, I'm, I'm really getting scared. Yeah, fear is 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 a huh. funny thing because fight or flight uh, often leads to fear. Yeah, specifically when it's unknown what what the disturbance is. Yeah, right. I would say fear leads to fight or flight, not the other way around. Yeah. Well, the point that I'm getting at is that like depends on how you want to talk about. It. We're talking about the fight or flight reaction, right? We're talking, mm. and to me, the fight or flight reaction is the physical biological reaction of going into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And so now the question, you know, is what is the physical bodily reaction going into fear and how different is it from fight or flight? Mm. Right. So that, 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 I think that the biggest difference is, is that fight or flight might, I don't know. I really don't know. I think they're pretty, they're fairly, fairly similar. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because fear to me can also be synonym, synonymous to anxiety. And mm-hmm. anxiety is also a, a type of like fight or flight. Uh, you know that's what my mother had always explained to me yeah i know we're mixing terminologies yeah, today yeah. but the point that i'm getting at is that um when you have like dauer half i was gonna say ex, uh extended <laughs> uh i know the germans come out uh when you have extended anxiety mm. what what's going on is your body's in a prolonged period of of yep. a fight or flight it's not getting back into the normal Exactly. It's not going back into state. a calm yeah. state. So basically the hypothalamus gives constantly the signal, right? To the adrenals, like sending more, sending more, you know, we're still in yeah. danger, still in danger. Yeah. And they get tired. And yeah, yeah. Um, so what the, happens the then is that, out of it well, the its... blood is never properly circulating. The organs aren't properly getting what they need. Yeah, um, yeah. Things like the, with women, your your fertile cycle can be quickly yeah. turned off. Yeah. I, I want you to also tell us about the story with the naked mole rat, because oh, uh, yeah. that's sure. a really interesting thing, how they regulate their mm-hmm. uh, their, their um, fertility cycles within the colony. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But what I really want to get at is that the phone rings, the colors... Um, the way it's presented to you, these are all tapping into the biological body, the human mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. in order to do what? In order to put our attention to mm-hmm. something that is more desired mm-hmm. for, in the stand mm-hmm. from the point of view of, of of someone who wants to profit yeah. off of whatever it may be. You know, uh, often cases like when you when you have a lot of this social media stuff, they don't actually have a product, so their product is is you. You yeah. are the product. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. more attention you give them, the better they can sell advertisement, yeah. the better they can um, put a message into your head. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they might have money coming in saying, hey, make our people, um, you know, be, be more rallied up for the, the football team coming up. You know, it's a bad example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to get into politics. The point is, is that, and then they would do all that they can to be able to guide your attention into certain things, you know, mm-hmm. in order to make you feel like that. Yeah. You know, I've actually always had this theory and I want to go into the other one, the mm-hmm. naked mole rats, is that um, socialism is actually 
actively practiced at its core in something like a football team, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and and in the org- in the organization and in the people who follow it. It's it's very similar to a form of national socialism. I actually put let's say national socialism in this context, mm-hmm. because you have people who are they have their hand signs, they have their 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 symbols, they have their rallies, they have their screaming when they get into groups, right? Mm-hmm. And you have the people who are just uh you know the inner party, which is the actual sports teams themselves, yeah, yeah. right? And then you have the organization that controls them. It's actually quite interesting when you start to see how well they go hand in hand, which is probably to no surprise for many people out there to find out that most of the American football, baseball, hockey, these are all very heavily Masonic um, mm-hmm. um, uh, symbols, mm-hmm. right? That, uh, that, that when you start talking about the symbolism, right, and the symbology of all of these guys. What it really does to us as people. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a big thing with um, the, the 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 phone when Google first came out with their phone. I believe uh, it was a lawsuit against Apple. Well, Apple tried to sue them because of the shape of the phone, mm-hmm. and so the judge said, "Okay, listen, you can't you can't patent a a, a, a rectangle with rounded edges. It's just you're not you can't do that. You mm-hmm. like now we're pa- like patenting geometry is mm-hmm. like it's next level, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I own the circle, right? It's just <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But what Apple ended up having is, I believe they ended up getting, um, I think it was a three or five year patent on the exact um, radius of the edges mm. of their of their rectangle and mm-hmm. the, re, the 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 aspect ratio of their rectangle okay and uh this means that google or whoever else was making uh the, the first uh tablet phones smartphones that came out on the market they had to use different aspect ratios and have different rounded edges they could be the exact same mm-hmm. and apple it, it, from what i understood and from what i learned about at the time when this was happening apple had spent a lot of money to 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 find this aspect ratio and these edges, this corner, this rounded thing, so that when you have it in your hand, it's comforting, mm. similar to like a box of cigarettes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, there's something comforting to yeah. that geometry in your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's about as you said, it's about comfort. It makes you feel good because what you feel, you know, what makes you feel good, you're attracted right. to. Yeah. And so a couple things I want to say about this. You and know, don't forget the naked mole rats. No, we'll come All into right. the naked mole rats. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, and I've, I've mentioned that in, in the other episodes as well. You know, we humans are also animals and very social animals, actually. We're, we're living in families. We have a group, you know, we're group living. We have a lot of social um, interactions and our culture is based through communication amongst each other. And so living in a group and being accepted by a group is essential for surviving, you know, maybe, you know, not so much in everyday life, but still it's something that we need to be happy and to really feel comfortable. And it is something that we can also see with other social mammals, just like with the rabbits. I may, you might remember how they communicate with the latrines, (laughs) that they go to the same place and shit on the same, same spot. And it's not a, only about exchanging information. It's about creating a, a smell that is really unique to that group. They, you know, t- because every individual of the group uses the toilet, they all bring their individual smell into the into the latrine, and by combining it, there is a very unique smell to that group. And it's um, it's proven um, scientifically 
that this specific group smell makes the 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 rabbits from that group feel happy or like feel con confident not confident but comfortable it, it, it right it calms them down so it's a very important for them to know that they are part of a group that they're safe in that group mm -hmm. And also with the very young rabbits, they have to really kind of roll themselves, you know, in the in the in, the, in these latrines to to get the smell into the fur, so that the rest of the group they they accept them as part of it. So I think really that acceptance and that comfort feeling comes from from group living, and. Well, you know, just look at how the most of people live, especially in cities. They live, live by themselves. They are, might be isolated from other people. They have maybe only their work or even, you know, if they don't work at all, they just stay at home. And of course, that's one big thing because they they become depressive. They have don't have that social exchange. And also, I think it's important not to have any social exchange you know it's not a social exchange to to go into the supermarket and to talk to the to the cashier right but just find a group where you feel you belong to right it's like a community it's very important and that's something that i always also see with the with my work in the shamanic approach that it's important to have a community where you feel safe protected and also understood and i mm -hmm. think this is a something that we need For some people, it's you know being part of a sport group because you right. share the same interest. For some people, it's like a, I don't Politics. know commute. Yeah, yeah, every like just where you feel you are understood and you you be part of it. And if if you if you don't have that feeling of belonging, well, then you have to fill it differently by mm -hmm. consumption. You know, just like yeah, going to the shop and, <laughs> and buy well, stuff is, to make is, you is, feel better. Is consumerism now really like? I, I see it in, in two ways. I see mm. one, the addiction behind it. Mm -hmm. And I, I see that addiction because it was designed to tap into our addictive yeah. nature yeah, yeah. or what we want in life. You know, obviously wanting security could yeah. become addictive when you've had it. I just want to say right? the same thing. You know, it's also about if you can only survive in a social environment because mm -hmm. you are addicted to that feeling of community of safety and you can't be by yourself anymore i think that's right. also you know a part of uh, a form of addiction to to that right yeah like for me i know it's very important for me to spend a lot of time by myself and not be surrounded by people all the time mm -hmm. yeah i think that's why it's also so important to carefully select the group you are in that you when you are getting together with other people that they uplift you right so and that you feel yeah. better after not worse <laughs> yeah always ask yourself after yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a situation how, yeah. how how's your posture feel yeah, yeah. How do, you do you feel, feel like you're falling falling yeah. in do you feel angry are you relaxed are you are your shoulders back you yeah, know yeah, a yeah. lot of these things really help to assess yeah. the natural uh reaction to the situation that has just occurred mm. right? but see this is also part of emotion right the way you um your, your body language works okay yeah 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 so tell us about the mole rats Yes, yeah, so the naked mole rats, <laughs> for those of you who have never heard about them, are really funny creatures. We should have actually put a picture on, but maybe if you just look it up and look them up in the internet, mm -hmm. they're they <laughs> they are considered to be one of the most ugliest creatures in the world. <laughs> and I have to yeah. say, well, you know, like um, yeah, they're, bad. they're 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 pretty up there. <laughs> they're pretty bad. But they're, they're right beside the platypus. <laughs> the, the platypus is actually 
pretty beautiful, I think. But anyways, uh-huh. I like the mole rats. And yeah, they look like a naked rat <laughs> somehow. But they have a very interesting social life. There are one of, I think they're only, the only mammals living in a kind of like a hive colony situation. Yeah. And they're from Africa, South Africa. Uh, sorry, East East Africa. Most of it, I think. And they live underground in like a tunnel system up to a couple hundred individuals, if I'm so right. So similar to burrow. It's it's kind of a burrow system, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and it's already very stressful for them living, you know, under the earth in, in hot condition, also having not so much air and oxygen down there. Crazy. So, yeah. And they actually also are very interesting examples of studying, um, what is that? Um, Sorry, I'm <laughs> having some trouble finding my words. In pain, they have a very high toler- pain tolerance. Okay. And also they they seem to not age. Something something really cool is happening. Well, it's because they're they're born wrinkly like an 80-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yes. Right? <laughs> they're already eight, uh, old when they um, yeah, are born. But some somehow because they're uh, living under such extreme environments and stressful environments, mm. they seem to have evolved in a way where they really don't age, and they also are considered to not get any cancer. That's and very it, it has something to do with the way they how they repair their DNA because each time when you your cells are are um, doubling or no, like mm-hmm. I like, yeah when they multiplying. They, yeah. multiplying you have some parts at the DNA at the ends called telomeres, yep. and and they become shorter each time, and that's actually why we are aging because they're getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Mm-hmm. But these little moldwets supposedly have like an enzyme that helps them to protect these edges, like you uh. know, with if you have a um, leases on your shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have the, the, these caps, right, so that it doesn't get gets well. That's funky, fluffy. <laughs> so it's kind of like that, but yeah, and and I think they're not the only species, but with them, they're really studying this. But they have more crazy stuff. Going I wonder on. about uh, crocodiles and alligators and sharks because they they tend yeah. and turtles they tend to live forever. Those yeah. things. Yeah, but the interesting thing with these mole rats is, as I said, they're living in in a colony where they have a a queen, and then the queen is mating with a couple males and then you have the rest of the females that take care of the young right from mm-hmm. the female so interestingly is that or it's interesting that the the queen kind of suppresses the reproduction system of the others and she does that through stress she really kind of she <laughs> What's so I just, I just, I just pictured in my mind this <laughs> this little queen mole rat going, and everyone's like, "Make way for the queen!" And she comes in, and then she's like, "Hey, you, what are you doing there?" And, and the other one's like, "Nothing." She's like, "Yeah, that's right, you are nothing, right?" I just, that's the way that I like. It's a very nice character that I put into everyone's house. Absolutely, house. I should make a comic out of that. Right? That's amazing. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, just just the act of the queen being a horrible, horrible thing yeah. is what suppresses <laughs> the, the production of other it, it's, animals. Yeah, it's true. She's biting them, she's scratching them and pushing them and really she's yeah. a mean one. <laughs> <laughs> and so it creates a lot of stress and that stress really suppresses the reproduction system of the others. They are not becoming fertile. Yep. And I've seen it when they remove the queen, they were actually you know getting back into the normal reproduction status and the first female is actually able to reproduce, she becomes a new queen then. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so isn't that kind of weird? Oh, so all you got to do to be queen is stand up to the queen. Yeah. 
you right? know, just like fight back. And well, we then... just we just lost our opinion, our ability to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, was, I always <laughs> I always want I always wished that the Queen of England would have fucking died by someone just randomly go like, and now she's gone. Well, right. That's that was I mean, I, I, I grew up in a Commonwealth country. So, I mean, the, the, that that bitch fucking owned everything. And, uh, and <laughs> anyway, that's that's a that's a, that's a different story. That's a different story. Right? But my point being is, is that isn't that like, uh, look, not to go on to a different direction and a different tirade, uh, but I think it's important to understand what's happening to us as a, as a, as a species, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's also important to acknowledge we are not all the same. Yeah, I don't. I don't care how many songs they've made about us all being the same. We're not the same. Mm-hmm. I think the idea of kin- of killing the individual is one of the most destructive things. Mm-hmm. The destruction of the self, right? And 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 to try and replace the self with groupthink is is to me unfathomable as 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 a person to mm-hmm. ever be able to be a part of something like that uh, on on a deep level. And I and and we've talked about this a little bit in a couple past episodes, and you and I have talked about this further. Is the idea of how in nature there are different types of societies uh, mm-hmm. or groups, right? You have um, the the lone the lone uh, animal, right? Some some like tortoises, or or let's talk about um, uh, snapping turtles, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love to just like lie at the bottom of the lake and do nothing. <laughs> um, and then you have the, the 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 small family unit animals, right? That just love that, you know, the, the, the mama bear, papa bear, and a couple of cubs. And then when they get a little older, they go on. Mm. And then you have um, the, the the small group or the tribe, mm-hmm. right? And then what's larger, what would be the next step up from a tribe? Yeah, I think it would be like a, like a, clan. Like a colony. Maybe a clan or a colony. Yeah, yeah. A colony. Well, and then, and then you start to get into Hives, mm. right? And and here's where it gets scary to me is I see things like the the idea of the small business being very similar to the family unit. Mm-hmm. And in German, the word for um, tribal animal is family animal, right? Familientier? Uh, yeah. Right? You guys yeah. don't say Stammtier, you say Familientier. Yeah. And so the point is, is that the idea of a small group, a small tribe and family being very, very, very you know, important to a lot of us. Maybe not to all of us, but to mm. a lot of us. And the idea of being in a small company that all of a sudden becomes large is is a transition from the family to a hive. Mm-hmm. And then so all of a sudden you get a lot of us who are, oh, pack was what I was thinking, like pack animals. Pack animals such as wolves, uh, you know, and bears and, and so on and so forth, hunting in packs, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the idea that, we are actively seeing the, the 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 company structure, the governmental structure, transitioning from uh, from tribe uh, or, or 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 pack, you know, into mm-hmm. hive. And what does that mean for us? That means like what what are hives known for, Maddie? As far as as, as like you you've just explained like yeah, how, how does a hive look at the individual? Yeah, well, it's it's serving the you know serving the 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 queen <laughs> kind of, or it's serving the greater the, good, yeah. the greater good. Yeah. And so individualism is not really tolerated. No, it's it's like really. Uh, also, they has it Arbeitsteilung. Well, they share the work. Yeah, they share the work, so everyone has its the task. And everyone has a role. Everyone has a and role, and that's the thing is like when you go to a larger company, yeah, you get hired to do this, and then if you walk up yeah. one day and say, "Hey, 
I'm going to do this for the next couple of weeks. They'll say, well, that's not your job. We yeah. have a guy, you know, over there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably like that. And me. yet in a smaller company, if 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 you're the one who's typically doing um, the, the, the bookkeeping mm. and then you say, hey, I'm going to clean up around here, take the garbage out, and then I'm going to fix the plumbing. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But don't do that if you work uh, in a larger company that has the hive mind structure. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like that. They're mm-hmm. going to say, no, it's a problem for insurances. We've hired Frank for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have a team of people from, uh, from Moldova who are coming over to clean the building tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is typically how it happens over here. I'm starting to see that now it's it's like the act of the hive mind mm-hmm. is actually even starting to create social classes within itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the people, like I've just mentioned, Moldova, like the people in Europe, you see that, right? On a job site, you don't hear German. You hear Polish, you hear mm. Romanian, you hear um, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the security world, you hear Turkish and you hear German, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and in, uh, in, in, the, in, in the culinary world, you hear Arabic and you hear Turkish here in Berlin where we are, mm-hmm. right? And like other than German, right? Uh, that's what I'm, I'm kind of hinting at is that you start to see that different cultures are gravitating towards different types of, of hive mm-hmm. think, right? Mm-hmm. And more and more it's becoming, I think that actually to tell you the truth, I think that the, 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 at least from the, 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 the Arabs and the Turks that I've seen in uh, Berlin Brandenburg, they don't gravitate as well to um, um, the hive concept of working in a larger company. And I think it's because they still have very strong family units. Yeah, I think probably. that the, destru- the, 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 the destruction of the German family unit already started a long time ago. Yeah. And this is why Germans are so much more happy to be a part of a hive concept yeah 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 it's true right just Mm -hmm. as a cultural thing to throw in there Mm. so um that was that's really the big thing i wanted to talk about today you know was really going from emotional support now into the religion of consumption Mm. it's it's as i mentioned i find that when people don't have a religion anymore and they don't even have a concept of spirituality. I mean, like I said, I left religion because I found it to be damaging to spirituality, mm. and that was a that was a personal thing mm-hmm. that I wanted because I valued myself as 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 a as a person, mm-hmm. and I found that the religion itself was destroying me as a as, as a self, right? Yeah, yeah. And and um, this is why you know there you can find a lot of great you can find a lot of great knowledge in in many different religions and cultures, right? Um, philosophies and so on and so forth but i think that when everybody starts wearing the same uniform and doing the same dance every day uh in in, in synchronicity uh that's when i start i start to see these creepy little rules sneaking in telling you um you know when to do what where and why and so then the last thing i want to talk about today is what's going on inside our minds right Mm. are our thoughts our own yeah that's a good question (laughs) right yeah, and and I know that you you did your workshop recently, and I think you mentioned that that was also mm-hmm. a part of it, right? Well, it was about the dreams. Um, are your dreams your own dreams? That's right. Or is there something you know? And it it really can can be that what you're dreaming is not from you, but are are parts of energy from someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, something scary happened to me. Actually, I never shared this before. Mm-hmm. Um, years ago, I was watching a lot of uh, a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, a lot of movies, right? Um, as you as you see, like uh, when I when I broke my foot and my shoulder, I think that falling asleep to a movie or something like that's a nice, great thing to mm-hmm. do. 
Um, but there are a couple things in my life that I tried to unprogram a long time ago. And one was thinking in words. Mm-hmm. This is something that has come back because of learning different languages. It's very difficult to tune out words. I mm-hmm. find it's, it's it's increasingly more difficult when you speak more languages. Um, but there was a, 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 a very long time in my life where I didn't think in words anymore. I only thought in pictures or mm-hmm. concepts. Mm-hmm. And I found it to be much more efficient because... Um, you know, you have the different hemispheres of the brain mm-hmm. and they operate differently for different reasons. And when you're constantly inviting in logic and, and words into the active thought, um, cognition, decision, mm-hmm. storytelling, all that stuff, you you know what it is that you want to say before you've even said it. Mm-hmm. So why say it mm-hmm. into your mind, mm-hmm. right? And that's the idea of not thinking in, in words, right? Um and I've talked to a couple people about this, and they've had this experience too. Having a dream where um, typically when you experience reality, it's through your eyes. Yeah. But having a dream that's like experienced through behind a camera lens, mm-hmm. where it's not your eyes, you're mm-hmm. actually seeing things the way that a movie is filmed. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that? I don't think so, no. Right? Where it's 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 like you're not actually a part of, of what's going on. You're mm-hmm. seeing... Um, almost like like different um, pieces of a, of a film, of mm-hmm. a movie, right? Being filmed, right? And sometimes I'll be in it where I see myself. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's a positive or a negative thing. I just know that it's happened a couple of times to me where I've wondered, oh, that was really weird. You yeah. know, it's it's now I'm, I'm seeing myself the same way that I, I, I see somebody on TV, on television. And uh, I just don't know exactly if that's a negative or a positive thing. So the, the, the reason why I'm saying this is because um, the way that we think is conditioned into us mm. by our culture, by our surrounding, by our experiences. I'd like to even say, you know, a lot of people talk about genetic memory. Mm-hmm. I, I love the yep. ideas of uh, even different forms of reincarnation and so on and so forth. The idea that the experiences you bring into this life may not actually have anything to do with your genetic past mm-hmm. or your families or anything like that, something completely different. You know, like the idea of even um, being raised on a different uh, planet in a different galaxy, in a different universe, right? Like yeah, yeah. these are all, um, I, I, I know a lot of people who have expressed ideas like this. You know, I think that um, this is something that's more, that's a lot deeper and it takes a lot more internal um, communication mm-hmm. and, and connection in order to be able to discover um, I know that me personally, my whole life, I've kind of struggled with um, the 24-hour system. Mm. And I can't help but think mm-hmm. that I come from somewhere where the, 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 the <laughs> yeah, that the, 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 a day is actually closer to 36 hours. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's I, I don't know how to express it. Yeah, I know what you right? mean. It, and, yeah. and that's something that I've felt my whole life very, very strong. Yeah. Um, and... As I mentioned, you know, where do all of these ideas come from? Where do mm. these thoughts and these decisions really, where are they stimulated? And so now when we're talking about multinational companies who are now essentially running governments um, or, you know, colluding with governments and colluding with um, essentially secret hands, you know, uh, that are trying to guide and uh, and, and, and push new thoughts into the world over you know when you you have to ask yourself when you when you're at the store is what you bought what you really 
want or what you need? Why? Where did you get the idea that you would even think that what mm-hmm. you're about to purchase is is going to be a good purpose and that mm-hmm. you need it for something, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is something where it, it's very difficult, like nagging. Uh, most parents will say they bought their kids the toys or the candies to shut them the hell up. Yeah, yeah. Right? Where did they learn to nag like that? Yeah, yeah. This is another big thing. Where did they learn to nag like that? Well, maybe if all the stuff that they're interested in weren't at their eye level at the supermarket, they wouldn't nag so much, Mm. right? They don't see the healthy shit that's on the top shelf. (laughs) They see the sugary shit that's on the bottom shelf. There's a reason why the sugary shit's at the bottom of the shelf, right? Yeah. There was a, I learned back in marketing class that um, there was a study that was done and the outcome of the study was the follow um, in certain areas, welfare check comes out on a certain day of the week or a certain mm. day of the month. And guess what? They decided to put beer beside diapers mm. because they know the father's going to get his welfare check and has to buy diapers mm-hmm. and he's going to buy beer. And so little things like that. Now we're talking about data, mm. how data can be correlated yeah. Yeah, yeah, in absolutely. order to see a different potential in order to make it more efficient. Mm. That everything about us is just consume, collect, you know, purchase Mm -hmm. next. Mm -hmm. Are they all emotional decisions? You know, this is is now when we're going back into the beginning of the show. What is an emotion? And how are these decisions really affected? Or or how are they executed in order to affect change inside of us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So today, I think I'm just going to put a lot of these questions forward and we're going to end a little bit early. It is Wednesday and Wednesday. We always start a little bit later and we don't go as long as well mm. we've been talking for about an hour so we're going to wrap things up in a few minutes yeah sounds good yeah um <laughs> before we wrap things up mm-hmm. is there anything actually you wanted to talk about as far as the biological aspect of consumption as i was just mentioning that uh where our thoughts come from are they our own mm. anything that you want to put into that or, or is this something maybe for another episode yeah, I think it's for another episode because I also I'm um yeah, I mean this is a you know a big topic <laughs> like where thoughts come from. There's a lot of theories well, are about we that. Influenced. And, well, that's for sure. I can say that absolutely that um and from we're influenced by, you know, that that other 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 beings, other energies can put ideas into our head. And if we don't know what's actually ours, you know, then we also can't distinguish mm. what's not ours. So I think it has a lot to do with really getting to know yourself, you know, also your emotions, what makes you feel bad, what makes you feel happy, where you feel triggered and you have memories from further, you know, from past uh, yeah. experiences. Yeah. And if you don't if you don't make the space for uh, for all these things that you have inside of you, mm. you are I think a more a more dragged to consumption because you want to, you know, you want to Right. You want to push these emotions away. You want to make you feel better because, yeah, it's it's hard sometimes to sit down and just really feel pain, feel emotional pain, feel sadness, to want feel, to, yeah. feel loneliness. But just by accepting what is and really make space for it, it eventually will will bring you to deeper levels yeah. where you know there are maybe memories behind that 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 needs need to look at. And if you always run away from it, if you always just fill 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 the the the, the holes mm. with you know consumption either it's like food or it's just being over busy if you are like workaholic or yeah. something like i'm i was a lot about working all the time and also 
about learning. I, I was kind of obsessed with learning new things and, you know, yeah. just like being also in another a workshop. It's also a form of con yeah. consumption, just having a new workshop, even kind of gathering more information or try to, you know, as the, yeah. that the CV looks as, as impressive as possible. Yeah. And it's it's really kind of keeping you busy from not feeling what what you would feel if you become Or feeling still. more and more complete. Or feeling more and more complete because you feel like, you know, you still need, need to do more. You still need that certificate, uh, certificate to become valuable. It's something I, I actually listened to Eckhart Tolle yesterday when I was exercising where he said, you know, if you are not happy in that very moment and you believe that your happiness and fulfillment lies in the future, you will never be happy because you will always be looking for something yeah. looking for something else. If you feel mm -hmm. like, you know, if I'm if I'm living in Spain, then I will be happy because it's nice and warm and all that. Right. And then you realize once you're there, hmm, it's actually not that nice. You know, you find yeah. things that you don't like because the 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 inner you didn't do the inner work. You didn't mm -hmm. really look at yourself and feel like I can be happy with what is because I'm alive, you know, I'm here to experience my life and this is reason enough to be happy and to just really tap into that life energy that is always there and that is you and you don't need to do anything extra from right. that. And once you're in that life energy, you are in the moment and you can see what comes up to you, what is the next step to do, but it's not to make you happier, it's just like to guide you through the life and make experiences and just, and you know, on top of like rich right. enriching it, but you are already fulfilled and happy. And I think this is a big thing that I also had to learn because I was always looking for, you know, the, the greener grass on the other side. I was always thought like, oh, once I have my PhD, I can be happy. Once I have the job, I can be happy. Once this, once that. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But there was always something, you know, something missing. And I just realized the last couple of years, I would say the last year probably, that I am already you know, fulfilled, like there's nothing I need to put extra on top because just the way I was born, just my very essence is is just perfect the way it is. And you just need to become aware of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then things are are easy. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to con consume anymore because there's nothing to fill. Like there's no gap to fill. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one, honestly. Yeah. Um, this is, I think, what I think uh, I'm going to say it already that this weekend, the topic that I really want to talk about mm -hmm. is um, walking away from this new religion, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. I walked away from mine a long time ago, yeah. and it was always interesting for me to meet other people who were a part yeah. of the religious environment. And um, it's one thing to take a book <laughs> as inspiration and find a personal connection to God. The personal mm -hmm. God and the and the God of religion have nothing to do with one another. Mm -hmm. I, you know, they're, they're very separate. That's one of the first things you learn in um, theosophy, uh, theology, sorry. And um, the idea now that this new religion is consumerism. It's mm -hmm. a form of consumerism, mm -hmm. right? That it's replacing everything that we've had in the past. And that we're constantly being pushed into this this world now of judgment and fear mm. not to make the right consumption, right? And I, I think this is something I'm actually going to save more for the weekend now about my experiences with walking away from corporatocracy from, from you know, a long time ago. It's mm -hmm. actually been an interesting thing for me because it has been a large hindrance uh, for me uh, professionally, but at the same time, the best thing for me personally and spiritually, mm. right? 
to be able to actually understand how to develop a, a connection to something and find value into it. Yeah. You know, um, my friend's kid. Um uh, the bitch mother is already telling uh, telling the kid, uh, you know, Nikes are the best, and now the kid only wears Nike. Mm. And then he goes out and buys the kid, uh, you know, he, he gets hand-me-downs that are some other brand, like Adidas or something. The kid mm. will not touch him. Mm. And the kid's like seven. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's now at this point where um, brand loyalty right is 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 a a sect of the religion it's the same i think it also has a lot to do with what i wanted to add at the end is you know always having that i this uh fear of what other people might think of you because this is exactly it you know will you be accepted the way you are do you need to do something extra you know do you have to wear the nikes or is there anything else and i have to say i also have problems with that because i'm very often think about or i'm very often are um uh yeah are it's important for me what other people think about me you know like being that friendly reliable person and when i'm too late or even sometimes you know when we sit here and you say something about bitch and this and that because you know i'm 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 a very i'm a person i'm not swearing <laughs> a lot and i'm like Ah. Yeah. <laughs> what will people think about me if they see me with you and you say that <laughs> and then it's like well what i mean <laughs> what can happen it's, but this is actually a good cure for me though <laughs> i guess so right it, yeah. it's, it, this is one of these things you know it's funny um you mentioned that because i've always enjoyed profanity yeah i know <laughs> uh because i find it like for, for for me as a kid growing up in catholic school yeah um so french catholic school mm-hmm. if i swore or did anything bad mm-hmm. i had to write bible pages mm-hmm. right if i spoke english in school i had to write um verb book mm-hmm. pages mm-hmm. and to me i never understood it because i found uh leaving religion i'm going to get into it a bit today but this is something i want to talk more about over, uh, over the mm-hmm. weekend um because the, obviously over the weekend there'll be more people interested to chime in i think that right now wednesday is kind of our time we mm-hmm. we we don't often have a lot of people coming in and, and asking questions during the live show because uh us being in northern europe it's a bit hard to co- to coordinate a good time to live stream so that uh, you guys at home can be relaxed and tune yeah, into yeah. this kind of content right um but for me, when um, when I learned how Catholicism spread, mm. that was hard. I think that was one of the biggest shocks for me as a child, you know, um, really being kind, constantly taught about this loving God and this, this judgment. But don't worry, he only judges the bad people badly. And I'm mm. thinking, well, why are you telling me this, that concept? It's like... It's, it's you have nothing to worry about if you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And then, and then they tell me all the rules that I, I start to realize, well, I don't like those rules all that much. You know? <laughs> I'm already doomed. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and it's a funny thing because now, uh, you know, speaking a couple languages and learning about how the profanity came to be mm. and where these original root words come from and uh, how some cultures have adopted it and some haven't. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in Germany, you know, just the, in, in German, the type of profanity that they have in contrast, the profanity in English, even in French, their profanity in contrast to the French Canadian 
profanity mm. is night and day. Mm. In French Canada, the entire profanity is based around the church because they hated it. Mm. In Canada, in, in, in Europe, all the profanity is toilet talk, right? <laughs> Similar to, I mean, German's a bit different. You guys um, are maybe a bit unique with your profanity, but you, okay. go to, you go to the Netherlands. And it is crude, right? Like it's it's hardcore, you know? Mm-hmm. Every second word is cunt and there's like a nice picture painted, right? To go along <laughs> with it. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even, I don't oh know how to God. translate it, Maybe right? that's a good country for you. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. That's what Tony was telling me too. He said, you get along well with the Dutch. Oh. Um, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, when you start, like for me, like I said, uh, it wasn't so much a rebellion as as more like, Really starting to see, okay, so uh, the violence that I really grew up with was, was you know, that was put onto me mm-hmm. as a child. Well, wh- where did that come from? You know, I didn't start getting into fights till later on in life, but mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was through my parents, and it was through my church, and it was through my 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 my, my school. Mm-hmm. That's where the violence started in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. That was the first thing when I started to realize later on all the, the messages of love and this and that. And I'm thinking, aren't you the guys that used to smack the crap out of me? Mm. You know, and and this this was the first thing when I realized mm. it. Then when I saw that Catholicism was spread through mm. through the utmost violence, right, in an empirical way. Later mm-hmm. on, when I started learning about empire, then it all came to me in, in, in full circle, and I realized I get it now. Mm. Right, this isn't spirituality. Has nothing to do with spiritual, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. It, it has to do with collective uh, collectivism, and so uh, and now we're starting to see that with, uh, as I mentioned, the fifth arm of of Abrahamism. I'm starting to see is this new form of consumerism, mm. and and it's it's this uh, it's it's this form of collectivism and judgment and violence. And I think that if the average person out there knew where it came from, they'd mm. walk away from it in a heartbeat. Mm. If the average person understood what it is to be a corporate citizen and how the laws all over the planet were altered in order to give corporate citizens power, and corporate citizens are McDonald's, IBM, mm. BlackRock, mm. Um, you know, multinational corporations. If people really cued into what it means, you know, to allow these people to stand on the same level as a human being, in society and 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 go to court with them in society like a regular person and to understand the origins of this and why it happens mm-hmm. and then furthermore who's behind these companies right who are these families who are these people who are the who wh- where is all this support and money and power coming from where is it going yeah i th- like i think that topic it just sounds so conspiratorial for most people but it's everything but it just isn't. It's it's our reality. And when you start to really see how prolific the modern day corporation and multinational has become. Anyway, that's a, that I think is going to be a, a, mm. a discussion for next time. And there we go. <laughs> oh, no way. We got Benjamin looking at us today. Hey, Ben. Ah. <laughs> he loves to talk today. Ben, your your show is one of my favorites. So uh, glad to hear you. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to be cutting it short for today because, yeah. as I said, it's our Wednesday. Yep, and yep. Uh, I'm, ve- I'm very delighted to see that the one person that decided to chime in today was Benjamin Balderson. And uh, that brings me to the last thing that I mm. want to actually talk about today and is the way that we've decided to present this show mm. to the world. Rockfin, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Telegram, and Podbean. We're not on YouTube. We're Mm-mm. not on Facebook. Mm-mm. We're not on Twitter. Mm-mm. <laughs> 
right? Instagram, we're not there either. Nope. <laughs> uh, and and the point is, is I don't know how evil these guys are at the bottom of the screen. Uh, if I get there's the a ninja, there's a there's a ninja on D Live exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, I love the idea that technology allows us to be able to communicate yeah, with um, the world in a positive way, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, my brother. Here we go. And um, it's one of these things where the positivity of being able to connect to the world on on uh, on a level where, you know, people like Benjamin and myself and you, we can now sit in our comfortable living room <laughs> and exchange great ideas and thoughts. Mm. And this is this is this is to me the essence of the human soul to yep. be able to want and to do this. Yeah. All this other stuff is distraction. Mm. Right? But as I was mentioning a second ago, we decided to not do this on YouTube and any of the other larger platforms that tend to be very um, you know, always having to watch out that you're not offending the censorship <laughs> gods, right? Uh, yeah. we decided to just think to ourselves, we're going to do this show we don't care how many people really chime in. Like the mm -hmm. ones who chime in will be the good people. The ones who are, who, who, who are interested. I think it's an organic thing yeah, that good yeah, people yeah. hopefully just... will become attracted mm -hmm. to not looking for their uh, connection uh, to the world through something like YouTube. Mm -hmm. And they will event inevitably end up on Rockfin or Rumble. So I think this is a big kind of like maybe a... An experiment that we're doing to see if we yep. can actually get a podcast off the ground, a video cast off the ground without going to those large sources, right? That was kind of the feeling that we had that we wanted this to be comfortable. So mm -hmm. that being said, for all of you guys out there who watch us and and think that what we're doing is cool, by all means, chime in, ask a question, say hello. <laughs> um, join the, the Telegram app, yeah. right? Uh, the, you know, if Telegram sucks, maybe we'll go to a different one later. But for now, we're on Telegram. And that is the Smart Home Stupid People channel and we have the smart home stupid chat that way you can ask questions during the live show and i will see them boom in front of me and i could even <laughs> call you via the telegram app and bring you into the show like that yeah, we've done yeah. it a couple times already lots of fun yeah. to be able to bring everything into the conversation yeah but what i'm getting at is if if you guys want to talk about this show to other people let them know that they're not going to find us being advertised on any of those other big platforms. No, I think it's I the only way that we're gonna that we're gonna get bigger is if you guys choose to actually <laughs> tell somebody else about it. Yeah. And you know, the more people who decide to take part in these conversations, the yeah, it's pleasant for us. But it's also, I think, that it's been actually quite um um I don't know. I yeah, I'm losing my <laughs> words now. I, I it's 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 been quite uh therapeutic also to just kind of, like for me, I love mm -hmm. doing this show because it's just I turn off from the rest of the day. I had a crap yeah. day today. I just <laughs> running around Berlin and, yeah. and and dealing with problems and service calls and all that stuff. Yeah, me too. Just smashed my both of my computers fell out of the car onto the concrete right. and uh, got scratched. One of them right. was my business computer. Yeah, my work computer. Growing but, up, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Well, growing up for me, I spent most of my life sitting in, 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 in rooms or outdoors with people and just mm. talking mm. and just having a talk, right? Yeah, By the yeah. fire, um, whatever, in a park, uh, in a backyard, on a porch. And this kind of reminds me of that, mm. right? This is maybe the next evolution of it to a degree that we're doing it <laughs> with the video cast format. Yeah, maybe have a fire here. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it, that's what it feels like. I love the idea of just being able to turn off the rest of my day mm. to come in here and do this. 
and with you guys. If you yeah. guys choose to chime in, excellent. If not, that's cool too. Enjoy the show. Yeah, it's also nice to just know that, you know, all these ideas and experiences that we have, that we can share them and there are safe out there somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. that even when one way uh, one day we're not there anymore, <laughs> yeah. that our ideas might might be yeah. helpful for, for some people. Because I know that for me, it always helps listening to people who are very much living a life that they're happy with. And then they, they talk about how they, you know, got there, or their insights. Mm-hmm. And I, I listened to many different people. And it was always the same. It was always about realizing who you really are, that you are more than your body, that you are a spirit. More than chemistry. More than chemistry. I, that you realize huge. that you're already enough, that yeah. you came here on that earth for experiencing things that you can choose between, you know, what makes you happy. You don't have to 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 be in a job that you you hate. And, you know, you can always choose. You, you are the creator of your own life. And having or realizing that power that you really have is i think a big step to wake up and really create the life that you want yeah so and i think the more you know the more we live this uh, we can also be an example for other people and be- become yeah become part of it because it's really working like it it, it does work yes yeah okay so that's that's all i have to say today <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up also for our Wednesday. <laughs> I know we, we, we're getting good at going over an hour on Wednesdays. Yeah. So for all of you guys out there, this has been another great episode of Smart Home Stupid People. My name is Harris Felmuth. I'm Madeline Segan. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been, <clears throat> there we go, another great Wednesday episode. We will be live this weekend. And as I mentioned before, um, Europe has already done. We're in Northern Germany. So therefore, we've already gone through the time change. Mm-hmm. And I believe North America is catching up um, next week. That means that we're five hours apart and not six. Mm -hmm. So we will be streaming at 6 p.m., which means 1 p.m. for you guys on Sunday. Mm. And we're going to be extending what we're talking about today, talking about walking away from the corporations, from the religion of consumption, Mm. right? How to put that into your life in a a healthy way. And um, obviously, Madeline and I, we're still figuring it out. <laughs> I think that the the, the way that the yeah. world is altering right now is is something to constantly keep in mind that as you've mentioned in the past with biology life has to constantly keep up with the flux mm. of the environment. Yeah. That's in constant change. Yeah. And this is something I want to talk about on Sunday. I further. think also something that's important for our well-being is to really become aware of who, you know, the the good energies that are that are around us like mm. If you kind of heard about this kind of concept of a spirit animal or uh, some people believe in, you know, like angels or whatever it is. Mm. And even if you can't prove their real existence because you are only able to to feel them and you you are only able to, yeah, have um, uh, experiences with them. It's, it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to prove anything to, to someone. If you feel like it makes you happy to connect to you know like a an energy that you can feel it's close to you even if it's you know it's like the you you think your your dad grandpa is around you and takes mm-hmm. care of you and just helps you this is already just that that thought will will give you a lot of energy because you feel like you're not on your own you yeah. are guided through the universe whether it's you know whether you can prove it or not it doesn't matter but if that makes you feel good then this is already you know part of it right i think i don't know if that makes sense but <laughs> Let's elaborate on it further on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday I have more more brain cells uh, to, to work with. 
<laughs> I already used too many for this today. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right. Have yourselves a wonderful bye bye. day. <laughs> We're off for the evening. Till next time. Bye bye. <laughs>